0: The Fifth Monkey is a team made of volunteers from around the world. We do not receive any outside funding. Please consider becoming a paid subscriber to keep the series going. Thank you. Journey to the West, an audio drama series. Chapter 8, Part 2. Bodhisattva bid farewell to Sha Wujing and resumed her journey with Mu Cha to the land of the East. After traveling for a long time, they saw a high mountain veiled in menacing mist, making it impossible to climb on foot. Just as they were thinking about crossing it by riding on cloud, a wild gust started and outlapped another monster. He, too, had a terrifying appearance. Look at him, a droopy mouth like a lotus seapot, ears large like a cattail leaf fan. His eyes were golden, and his teeth sharp like steel files. When he opened his mouth, it was like a bloody basin. In his hands was a rake, and on his waist was a bowl. How very proud and how very fearsome! Few gods could carry this aura. He charged at them without asking, throwing his rake right down at Bodhisattva, but was blocked by Mucha the laborer. Mucha shouted at him, Reckless beast! How dare you be this ill mannered? Watch my rod! The monster said, This monk has no clue! Watch my rake! The two went at each other at the foot of the mountain, hitting and charging, both determined to win. The dust and dirt they stirred up blocked out all the light and frightened every being nearby. Once again, the prince fought the monster, but no one seemed to know who could come out on top. Just as they were at the height of the battle, Guan Yin Bodhisattva threw down a lotus from midair to separate the weapons. The monster was shocked by what he saw and asked, Where did you monks come from? How dare you fool me with this flowery trick? Mucha said, You are one reckless thing of fleshy eyes and mortal body. I am the disciple of Bodhisattva of the South Sea. This is a lotus thrown by my master. How could you not recognize? The monster asked, Bodhisattva of the South Sea. Do you mean Quan Yin Bodhisattva who swept away the three toxins and saved lives from the eight disasters? Mucha said, Who else could she be? The monster threw away his rake and kowtowed, asking, Dear brother, where is the Bodhisattva? If it isn't too much trouble, please introduce me to her. Mucha looked up and pointed, saying, Who do you think she is? The monster kowtowed to her and shouted at the top of his voice, Bodhisattva, forgive me, forgive me. Guanyin Yin landed her cloud and came forward to ask, Where did you, wild boar, turn into a spirit? Where did you, old pig, wreak havoc? How dare you get in my way? The monster answered, I am no wild boar or old pig. I was Tianpeng Yuan Shui or Marshal of the Heavenly Reeds, who served at the Heavenly River. Because I got drunk and harassed a lunar maiden, the Jade Empress sentenced me to two thousand strikes by the hammer, before banishing me to the mortal world. My true spirit was meant to claim another shell to be reborn, but unfortunately I went down the wrong track and ended up in the womb of a soul. That's how I turned up looking like this. I bit the mother pig to death and kill the rest of the litter before occupying this mountain here, eating humans to get by. I never imagined I would bump into you, Bodhisattva. I beg you to save me. Bodhisattva asked, What is the name of this mountain? The monster answered, It's called Fulin Mountain of the Blessed Mound. Inside, there's a cave called Yun Zhan Dong, the Cloudy Path Cave. In the cave, there used to live a Mao second elder sister by the name of Mao. She saw that I knew some martial arts and took me as a husband. It's a practice we call pinning at the door backwards, where the man takes the woman's name. In less than a year, she was dead and left all her possessions for me to enjoy. I've been here for many years without a job to feed myself. I spend my days doing what I was born to do, eat humans. I hope Bodhisattva could pardon my sins. Bodhisattva said, As the ancient saying goes, if you want a future, never do things that have no future. You have already violated the laws of the world above, and now without a change of your evil heart, You are harming lives and continuing to sin. Shouldn't you be punished for both crimes instead? The monster complained. Future, future! If I follow your ways, I shall eat nothing but the wind. As the idiom goes, by the government's law, you are beaten to death. By the Buddha's law, you are starved to death. "'Never mind, never mind. "'I would much rather capture a passerby "'and have a greasy freaking meal out of them. "'Who gives a damn about two crimes, three crimes, a thousand crimes, "'or ten thousand crimes?' "'What is was said? "'A man with good intent will win heaven's assent. "'If you are willing to convert to the true fruit, "'there will naturally be a way to feed yourself.' The world has provided the five grains to relieve your hunger. So why spend your days eating humans? The monster heard her words, and, as if just awakened from a dream, bowed to Bodhisattva, saying, I am willing to follow the right way. However, a sinner against heaven has nowhere to pray to. Bodhisattva said, I am sent by Buddha's edict to find a scripture seeker in the land of the East. You can follow my way and become their disciple. Once you have made the trip to Western Heaven, your merit will cancel out your sins. I promise you will be freed from all calamities. The monster began repeating to her. I am willing to follow you. I am willing. Bodhisattva then laid her hand on his head and passed on the commandments. She gave him a last name according to what he was, which was Zhu, meaning pig. And so his name became Zhu. She also gave him a religious name called Wu Neng. Wu means awakening, and Neng means power. And so his name was Zhu Neng. From then on, he accepted his fate and was converted to the truth. He began fasting as well as taking up a vegetarian diet, cutting off from all the five pungent herbs and three undesirable meats, and focused himself solely on waiting for the scripture seeker. Bodhisattva and Mucha left Wu Neng and moved on in their cloudy mist, as they were traveling. They saw a jade dragon calling from the air. Bodhisattva approached and asked, What dragon are you that you are being tortured here? The dragon answered, I am the son of Aorun, Dragon King of the West Sea. Because I set the palace pearls on fire, my father filed a complaint to the heavenly court, accusing me of disobedience. The Jade Emperor therefore hung me in the air and gave me three hundred strikes. I will be executed in no time. I beg you, Bodhisattva, please save me. Guan Yin heard his words and rushed up to the southern gate of heaven with Mu Cha, where they were received by the two heavenly scholars, Chiu and Zhang. They asked, Where to? Bodhisattva answered, This humble cleric, We'd like to have an audience with the Jade Emperor. The two heavenly scholars hurried inside to deliver the message. Soon, the Jade Emperor came out of the hall to greet them. Bodhisattva paid her respect and said, By Buddha's edict, this humble cleric is heading to the land of the East to find a scripture seeker. On our way, we were met with a culpable dragon hanging in the air. I have come specifically to make a request to pardon his life. Hand him over to this humble cleric, and I shall make him serve the scripture-seeker with his legs. The Jade Emperor heard this and immediately released a pardon. Heavily generals were sent to free the dragon and hand him over to Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva thanked the Jade Emperor and left. The young dragon kowtowed to thank her for saving his life, and vowed to follow her commands. Bodhisattva then sent him into a deep mountain stream. When the scripture seeker came, the dragon would turn into a white horse and achieve merit by heading to the west. The young dragon accepted the orders and hid himself. We will speak no more of that. Bodhisattva, along with Mucha the laborer, again crossed the mountain and headed for the land of the east. Before long, She suddenly saw countless beams of golden light and streams of auspicious vapour. Mucha said, Master, the source of the light is the Five Faces Mountain. See that strip of paper I left there. Bodhisattva said, It's the heavenly cooling great sage who vandalised the feast of divine peaches and wreaked havoc in the heavenly palace that is now imprisoned here. Mucha said. Very true, it is him. Master and disciple both climbed up the mountain and saw the strip of paper. On it was the six-character mantra, Om Mani be me Hom, also known as Om Mani bat me Hom. saw it and sighed with pity. She then composed a poem that went, I pity the wicked monkey for disobeying the rules. At one bygone year, in arrogance, he played hero. The feast of divine peaches he so wrongly wrecked, the Dushta palace he dared to secretly go. Not a rival among the army one hundred thousand strong, his might was felt through the heaven of nine folds since being trapped here by Buddha. When will he stretch again and have his powers show? As master and disciple were talking, their voices soon disturbed the great sage. From the foot of the mountain he shouted loudly, Who is reciting a poem on the mountain to expose my faults? Bodhisattva heard this and came down to check. Below the rocky cliffs, the tutelary of soil, the mountain God, and the heavenly general sent to guard the great sage all came to greet her. They showed her the way to the great sage. And there he was, trapped inside a stone box, where his mouth could speak, but his body could not move. Bodhisattva asked, You, his name is Sun? Do you recognize me? The great sage opened his fire eyes and golden pupils and answered loudly while nodding. How could I not recognize you? You must be the greatly compassionate savior from suffering, Yin Bodhisattva from Mount Potalak of the South Sea. Thank you for coming to see me. Thank you. The days feel like years to me here, and not a single acquaintance has come to visit. Where did you come from? Bodhisattva answered. By Buddha's edict, I am heading to the land of the East to find a scripture-seeker. I happen to pass by, and so stay behind to pay you a visit. The great sage said, Rule I fooled me and trapped me here for over five hundred years without even enough room to stretch myself. If you would be so kind, Bodhisattva, please save old little son from this ordeal. Bodhisattva said, you rogue have committed the deepest of crimes. Should I set you free, I fear you would again create a havoc. That wouldn't be nice, would it? The great sage said, I am regretful for what I did. Would the greatly compassionate one show me a way? I would much rather cultivate. And that was what we call when a thought is born from one's heart it will be known throughout heaven and earth. If good and evil find no rightful outcome, the universe must have a selfish purpose to serve. Bodhisattva was delighted by what she heard, so she said to the great sage, As the divine scripture says, when a good word is spoken, approval will come from even the farthest distance. When an evil word is spoken, Opposition will form in even the farthest distance. Since you have made up your mind, just wait till I find someone from the kingdom of Great Tang in the land of the East to fetch the scriptures. I will let them come save you. You shall become a disciple of theirs and provide protection according to your religious teachings. By entering the gate of Buddha, you will once again cultivate for the true fruit. How does that sound? The great sage agreed over and over again. I am willing to go. I am willing. Bodhisattva said, Now that the virtuous fruit has been born, I shall give you a religious name. The great sage said, I already have a name. My name is Sun Wukong. Bodhisattva remarked in delight. I have converted two other individuals before you and happened to use the character Wu to name them. Since you are also using Wu, the three of you will match up neatly. Very well, very well, you require no further instructions anyway. Off I go. On one hand, the great sage had resolved to be converted to Buddhism. On the other hand, Bodhisattva had been extra mindful in her search for the divine monk. She left with Mu Cha and came all the way eastward. In less than a day, she arrived at the great capital city of Chang'an. After withdrawing all the mist and cloud, the pair transformed into two ugly wandering monks. By the time they entered Chang'an, it was already dark. As they walked down the street next to a huge market, they saw a temple for the tutelary of soil. The two walked straight in and scare the wits out of the tutelary and all the ghost soldiers. They knew she was the Bodhisattva, so they all out to welcome her inside. The tutelary of soil also hurried around to bring the news to the city guardian, officer of land, and the god of every temple in Chang'an. And so everyone knew Bodhisattva had arrived as they prostrated themselves to say, Bodhisattva, please forgive these deities for the crime of late reception. Bodhisattva then said, You shall not leak a word of my rival. By Buddha's edict, I have come specifically to find a scripture seeker. I will borrow your temple to stay for a few days. Once I have found the true monk, I will leave. And so the deities returned to their posts. With the tutelary of soil temporarily sent away to stay in the temple of the city guardian. The master and disciple, in the meantime, hid their true forms. We do not know whom they will find in the end to be the scripture seeker. Please wait until the next chapter. Journey to the West, an audio drama series, is a production by the Fifth Monkey. If you enjoy our work, Become our paid subscriber of Patreon to gain access to the latest release and other exclusive content. Head to www.thefifthmonkey.com for links to all the platforms we're on and support us on social media. Shares, comments, emails, all are welcome. This is Lin, see you in the next episode.